1: Running the option on first down, Hagan has it, he has Rome, he's got one man to beat, now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way, Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley-Wright from the logo, oh, got it! Oh, McKinley-Wright. Breaks a tackle, touchdown, touchdown, that's five for Chris Brown. The defense of Tomlinson.
0: Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Colorado Rugby. My name is Henry Chisholm, and we have two things to talk about today. Um, first, KJ Trujillo is in the transfer portal, and the second is that Colorado signed, or I guess not signed, hired um, former Stanford strength coach Shannon Turley to be its new strength and conditioning coach. Um Not going to lie, when I've been like thinking about what we're going to talk about ahead of time for the last couple of weeks, I hadn't booked much time to talk about who the new strength coach is going to be just because I didn't really think there was going to be too much to say. But this is um, a very interesting hire, exciting for, I think, a bunch of reasons Um, and maybe just like a, a little bit concerning maybe just for one reason we'll get into all that um first we're going to talk a little bit about KJ Trujillo um but before we do that I want to tell you why Colorado Rugby is the presenting sponsor of this podcast so what's going on right now in Colorado is that Infinity Park which used to be the home of the Glendale Raptors is now the Rugby Town National Training Center. So it's no no longer like the home of a professional rugby team. It is the home of the USA Eagles men's and women's rugby 15s teams. Those are like the U.S. national teams. In rugby, they get cool names like that. Um, and what they're doing is, well, first of all, just training to get ready for the World Cup and the Olympics and all those sorts of things that they do. But also... Um, they're experimenting with a new idea. Um, they're they're cross training athletes who are from other sports. So so a bunch of like former college football players, a bunch of CFL guys, AAF guys. They now are training down in Glendale, seeing if they can be the next it factor for American rugby. Um, it's it's a really cool idea, and all of that's going on right here. So, if you want to follow along, um, our guy Colton Strickler has all of this covered for you. Um, He has the weekly DNVR Rugby podcast. Uh, He writes things for the website. There's just a whole bunch of really cool things going on. Uh, So make sure that you're paying attention. All right. So, um, starting with KJ Trujillo. um, Disappointing to see him go. He didn't play all that much. This season, but you'll remember he started quite a few games in 2019, which was his true freshman season. Um, I think it was Makai Blackman's injury that put him into the starting lineup Um, and and he played pretty well. There were definitely some tough games for him, but he made some big plays and I thought showed a lot of promise um, playing cornerback. Uh, at the same time, he was like 160 or 165 pounds or something like that. And that's pretty crazy to imagine um, in college football. So this season, he switched over to safety um, is what we were told on the depth chart um, or I guess, no, on the Buffs' roster, he was still listed as a cornerback, but I think on the depth chart he was lift, listed as safety. Um, but but that was kind of the theme for all of the defensive backs, is that they were getting cross-trained to play both of those two positions. Um, and really, there's more than that, because then you have the star, and you have the two separate safety positions, all that. Um, and Trujillo wound up, for whatever reason, playing safety. Part of the reason was probably that there wasn't very much depth at safety um at that point you didn't know what you would get from isaiah lewis if he needed to see the field and if it wasn't good then you really didn't have anybody to back up um darian Rakestraw or mark perry um or I, I guess also um if something were to happen and it did to chris miller then you would need to put somebody in the slot as well and that could be the safety um so for, for, for a bunch of different reasons, um, KJ switched over to safety and, like I said, didn't play all that much. He was out there for most of the season on the special teams units, um, but only played 36 snaps on defense um, during the regular season. He did play 56 in the Alamo Bowl, um, which Mark Perry did not play in, um, and he took his spot playing the star position. Um, and Isaiah Lewis went from the star into Mark Perry's safety spot. Um, so yeah, um, I guess we do have the season snap distribution from pro football focus. Um, again, let's see, it was 56 plus 33. So that's 42, that's 92 total snaps. Um, one, they had him categorized as a defensive lineman probably in some like rush package um two snaps at outside corner 12 is a safety in the box 34 as a free safety and 48 snaps in the slot um so that's kind of where he wound up after playing exclusively outside um in his freshman year so i don't know that kj would have been starting next season i think he would have had a bit of an uphill battle um at cornerback right now i think that there are really five main players competing for starting jobs uh makai blackman christian gonzalez those are the two that will probably lock up those two jobs and then nigel bethel jalen striker Treke luckett um some weird things could happen. McKay Blackman could play the star position. I know that before the 2019 season, he was playing a lot in in the slot star spot um and then he got hurt. And so we don't really know what we would have seen had he played more last season. Um And if that were the case, then maybe Nigel Bethel jumps in, maybe Chalen Stryker. Net that safety, um, you have four guys, Mark Perry, Chris Miller, Isaiah Lewis, and then Torin Pittman, who we didn't really see at all last year, um, but figures to be a part of the conversation here pretty soon. Really, you need five guys, five starters out of that list. Um, probably Makai Blackman, Christian Gonzalez, Mark Perry, Chris Miller, Isaiah Lewis. And I don't think that KJ Trujillo changes those starters. And again, like all these jobs are up for grabs. There are some other guys who could compete, you know, um, Trustin Oliver, for example. Um, that took me a second to pull his name. Uh, he was the guy who committed as a cornerback to Colorado then for whatever reason wound up going to a, a juco for one year and this year is coming back and will be with the buffs I think or would be two years uh, it doesn't matter but the point is like he could factor in um, there are freshmen who could factor in there are some walk-ons who could factor in um, but those are the five guys who I think will start the thing is. I do think that at worst, KJ Trujillo is probably the second guy off the bench. And when you look through this list, you know, Chris Miller, he's played. Let's see, I think I have it here. Um, maybe I didn't write it down, but Chris Miller's only played like 200 snaps or something over the course of the last two seasons um, because he's had so many injuries. Makai um, Blackman, like I mentioned, had missed time. A bunch of these guys have. Miss some time, and so I do think that for at least one game this season, and probably more than that, you are going to be down two of your starting DBs. Like that's just the truth of a twelve-game season. Especially when you have a couple of guys who have a tendency to get hurt. You know, there is a bunch of different ways you get to like two two guys down. You know, they could both like tweak an ankle one week, or also you know maybe. Knock on wood, but one of them does have a season-ending injury early. And then whenever anybody gets banged up, even if it's just for a few snaps, that's K.J. Trujillo who you want on the field. You know, it, it doesn't take much to get to your second guy off the bench, and that's why you really need, first of all, to stay healthy, which, you know, we'll we'll talk a little bit about health and uh, why we might expect a little bit better health from the Buffs going forward um, in the second segment of today's show. But you also really need the the depth to show up um Nigel Bethel I thought he played pretty well when he saw the field this year um you're gonna need that to continue and it'd be nice if he could kick it up even another notch from there uh, because he probably does get at least a handful of starts this season because somebody's banged up and the shuffling means he's on the field again assuming he things stay the same after all these spots kind of shake out a little bit, you know, Jalen Stryker could pass him or he could pass Isaiah Lewis and then they change somebody to wherever. And, you know, there's a diff- a bunch of different combinations, but that first guy off the bench is in there a lot. That second guy off the bench, he's uh, he's going to be out there too. Um, and so you need that second guy, you know, you just need Torn Pittman, Jalen Stryker, Tariq Luckett, somebody to step up a little bit and the Buffs should be fine. It, it does kind of suck because, KJ was a good young player, Um, and I do think that at at some point, you know what, this this was his sophomore year, again, so he was going to play three more years with the Buffs. At some point in the next three years, there will be a situation where it would have been nice to have K.J. Trujillo out there. And it could be because he's tearing it up somewhere else and he would have been the Buffs' best defensive back, you know, if, if, if things would have worked out differently. Or it could just be because it's a down year for the Buffs, so their injuries, whatever. Um, I do think that this does have, you know, certainly an impact on Colorado. Um, as it stands now, should be able to take the blow and keep going um, but losing him and rake Straw, that's that's when you start to feel the losses um there's also uh robert oh what's his last barnes robert barnes that's his name the transfer from oklahoma he was a four-star safety but 24 7 sports had him as a five-star coming out of high school um he started his freshman year didn't play much his second year, switched to um, linebacker last year and got, got some reps late. And so now he has two years left to play. I think he's a linebacker, but who knows he might factor into the secondary. And you know, if if things do get kind of ugly injury wise, again, like knock on wood in the past, we've seen the buffs move some receivers into the secondary, uh, like a Tariq Luckett, for example, um, I think that that's kind of the situation where Robert Barnes might factor in in the secondary. Um, I think his list is 230-something pounds now, so <laughs> that's a linebacker. Um, I, although I guess he there is a decent chance he could play the star position. That could fit him well. That's probably where you'd slide him in under any circumstance if you do play him in the secondary. Um, I think that that pretty much sums up all my thoughts there. Um, I, I don't know that... I would expect a replacement. I guess you, the scholarship is gone. You probably used the scholarship on um, a, a, a cornerback. But I don't think they're going to be looking for transfers. Unless, I mean, if you can find an impact player, you take an impact player. And and there certainly is room, especially at safety, I think, um, to, to fit another guy in. Um, I think that that... We'll sum that up. We're going to talk about the new strength coach and why I'm honestly pretty fired up about it um, in just a minute. But first, got to give a shout out to our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Um, there's some awesome stuff happening at Breckenridge Brewery, and I believe that today, no, tomorrow is the last day to throw your name in the hat. Here's what's going on. So Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DMVR has teamed up with the Colorado Avalanche to deliver beer via Zamboni before the Avs games um, this week, I believe, right? Yeah, that's this week. Um, and essentially, that's it. Um, on the on the 30th and on the 31st, uh, each day, Breckenridge is going to be dropping off f- five deliveries from the Avalanche Zamboni. Pretty cool. Um, and if you want to... Sign up to see if you're one of the 10 people who get to be a part of this. Then you have to enter by tomorrow. To enter, tomorrow's the 28th, by the way. Um, to, to to enter, you go to breckbrew.com/slash/zamboni-delivery-sweepstakes, or you can just go to breckbrew.com and then click on the Zamboni link, and then you sign up. It'll be super easy. That's it. You have to be 21 to enter. You have to live in Denver, um, and all the winners will just be picked via lottery. It's an awesome thing that they're doing. And make sure you get in because it's free stuff. There's not just beer. There's like an awesome avalanche LED light. Um, it's a cool thing. So why not take your chance and see if you win? Also, um, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver does a whole bunch of free really cool stuff with obviously what they do with their online school being what we're talking about on this podcast. Um, what makes them special is that they've been doing this for a while and that means that they've gotten good at it. I, I know that, you know, talking to my sisters, sometimes the teachers or professors don't quite have a grasp on how to teach over zoom. Well, that's the kind of thing that the students and professors at msu denver online have been dealing with for years now Um, so when it comes to all of that they just are very good at it Um, msu denver online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life msu denver is the colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. And some of our very own staff members at DMVR have taken MSU Denver online classes and they said that they were incredible. Um, if you're interested in applying, um, you should first of all check out their website, msudenvercom online. They're 40 plus online and hybrid programs. They'll get you a degree. Um, and if you use the code DMVR Sports when you're applying, you don't have to pay the application fee. Um, when they ask you for the application fee, you just throw that code in there and it'll be completely free. It's an awesome deal. Um, it's an awesome school. So check that out at slash online. All right. So as I mentioned earlier, I wasn't really planning on spending a lot of time talking about whoever the new strength coach is going to be just because What is there really to say? Um, Not that it isn't an important job and not that there aren't like clear differences between good strength coaches and bad strength coaches. I just think that as like I sit here and read a name and read like whatever you can find on the internet, it isn't easy for a strength coach to really stand out and be overly impressive um, unless there's like just some awesome things on his resume and that's exactly what happened with the new buff strength coach Shannon Turley. Um you know the we'll get into kind of like the cloud that hangs over all of this because I mean because there is a cloud that hangs over all of this. But there is just so much to like and so much to be excited about. Um let me just explain like Shannon Turley's career path to you because I don't think you could ask for much more. Um, So he was at San Diego with Jim Harbaugh way back in the day, like mid-2000s, and was successful there, so successful that Jim Harbaugh was hired from San Diego to coach Stanford in 2007, and he decided to bring Shannon Turley with him, making him Stanford's strength coach. And, um, at the time that job didn't sound as good as it does now. Um, I'm sure like they still had a bunch of money at that point, but they weren't winning football games. Uh, I believe they were, I think they won one game the year before, uh, Harbaugh and his staff, including Turley came in in 2007 and then pretty quickly things turned around. Um, Let's see. I'm not sure. I mean, you guys remember <laughs> you were watching the Buffs at the time. Um, but they won Rose Bowls. Um, Turley. Let's see. Here's here's the tweet from Pete Thamel. He's part of three Pac-12 titles, five New Year's Six Bowls, produced 42 draft picks, nine Pro Bowlers. Um, and again, didn't start out with a whole lot. And his theory, which obviously lines up with what Harbaugh's theory was, was basically just we need to be better in the trenches. And that's what happened very quickly after the new staff got in there. They started winning offensively and defensively in the trenches, dominating the running game on both sides of the ball. Um, And while there's a lot of things that play a part in that, obviously just getting bigger and stronger is one of them. Um, And one of the interesting things about how Turley went about that is that it wasn't the way that you would expect. Um, there's there's some weird things about how he does his strength coaching. Um, and there's a great story um, from Bleacher Report um, from 2013. That was right after Stanford's first Rose Bowl win um, since all the changes took place. Um, and, again, I, I think that year was one of the years that Shannon Turley won a National Strength Coach of the Year award, um, which speaks for itself. And, um, I'm just going to throw some of this stuff at you because I thought there was a lot of it that was really interesting. First of all is it isn't like your traditional strength program. You don't, the goal isn't to like bench press more or squat more or do any of those things because as he put it in the story, like it doesn't really matter. What matters is your football strength, your functional strength, and that's what the strength program is all about. It isn't about, like, you know, setting records and those sorts of things. And to build that sort of functional strength, that football strength, the regimen has to be tailored to each individual person. So there's actually, like, I think six different base workout plans And again, this is information from like 2013, so who knows how much it's changed, but I guess that like the main concepts behind it all is still very similar. Um, and there's like skill position players. There's like big skill, um, which I guess is like tight ends, maybe like fullbacks. I'm not, I don't know. Some, some of it you don't really know about. Um, there was like a specific one for freshmen. Um, there, there was like for the trenches, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of the players that said it worked and that they felt like he had put them in like a position where they, they had all of the tools that they needed to compete. And obviously, they did. They won Rose Bowls. Um, but also, in the time that he was there, he produced an 87% reduction in time missed due to injury now in the story it was not super clear how that was calculated um, the story is from 2013 so the guess would be that from 2007 to 2013 that's how big the reduction was was there like just a random spike in like 2006 that made that easy who knows but 87 percent reduction in miss, time missed due to injury that is massive um again it's the personalized workouts um And it wasn't just like, you're one of these six that isn't personalized from there. He goes through like injury histories and what your like strengths and weaknesses are those sorts of things. And then with freshmen, the reason it's so different is because their bodies aren't used to it. There's a lot more work to be done. You know, part of the plan is putting on like 40 pounds for half those guys. And that's just totally different than where most of the program is at. Um, one of the details from that that I really liked is that freshmen don't touch the weights for the first three weeks. They're just doing other sorts of stuff. And there's other things in there. I'm talking about how, like, the the freshmen are just, like, gassed after the warm-ups. Like, the first 15 minutes, the, the way they do the warm-ups and combine things makes things difficult. Um, and that's really what it's all about is, like, testing your body. A lot of it's, like, using your own body weight. Apparently, that's called, like, isometric something and that means like using your own body weight and not just like push-ups, so that you're pushing yourself up, but also thinking about how you control that body weight on the field, especially, you know, like for defenders, you want to like hit guys with it, running back, same thing, you know, And, and there's a lot of thought that goes into that sort of thing as well as into not getting players hurt. And a lot of it sounds really good. And I mean, obviously there's results, um, you know, the, the the workouts are very yoga-like in a lot of ways um, from my understanding of both what I read and also of what yoga is. Um, also, is there anything else? I think I swear there was another big thing. But no, I mean, that was basically it it's it's an interesting approach it focuses on reducing injuries and obviously that's something the buffs have struggled with um they were down three tight ends for most of the year you might remember um as well as losing nate landman and chris miller and you know all all the stuff that just always seems to happen um i like it i like it now here is the one just kind of big dark cloud that looms over all of this and that is that Toward the end of the time that Turley was with Stanford, there was a student athlete who filed a complaint um, about Turley. Turley was let go. Uh, the I think one of the stories, I can't remember if it was the Bleacher Report one or one of the others, um, but mentioned that the players thought that it was more the... Like university making the firing instead of somebody within the football program or maybe even the athletics department. Um, but n- nobody said what the complaint is about. Um, Stanford hasn't. And, and I mean, at this point, when it's been like a, at least a full year, I th- yeah, I think it has been at least a full year. Um, will we ever really know? Um, I'm not so sure. And complaints against strength coaches that's a like i feel like that's its own like category of things that could fit into there and you know a lot of them are pretty shady you know strength coaches that's one of the things where it's easy to go over the top and there are some pretty awful stories from college football about that sort of thing i i would think that he wouldn't be getting another job if there was something that was that concerning going on um but that the just the fact that There was a complaint that really hasn't been, you know, we don't know what the details of that complaint are. It it leaves your mind, your imagination open to whatever could possibly have gone on. And that's just not a a good thing. Um, Again, I I don't think he would have been fired if it was something all that concerning, Um, but that is a thing that happened. That is why he's not with Stanford. That's why he was available. And uh, it's a, just a piece of knowledge that we all have, and but it isn't totally completed. Um, so, yeah, um, overall, I really like the hire. Um, it's it, the results speak for themselves. And I think that when you look at what Colorado wants to do, it's very similar to what Stanford wanted to do back in the time that Turley made that jump with Harbaugh. Um, you want to win in the trenches. And there's a lot of things that go along with that. It, it certainly helps to be bigger and stronger than who you're going up against, better conditioned, all those things. And Turley was a part of that process that happened at Stanford. Now it's time to see if he can be a part of that process at Colorado. And you know, modeling yourself after the transformation that Stanford undertook in the late 2000s that you could do a lot worse because that was one of the the great turnarounds of the last who knows how long. Um, so yeah, um, love the hire. and I think that's it for today. Uh boss are gonna play in a few hours. I'll be back with a podcast. hopefully with Ben tomorrow. He has school again, and so I have to compete for his time. But uh, hopefully he'll be on to talk about the game too. Um, because it's a big one. Always tough to beat the same team twice. That's what's happening with Washington State now, playing them in back-to-back games. Um, I'll be back tomorrow, hopefully with Ben, to break that game down.
1: I think I like my Colorado swag. Because when I'm play. I don't really, I don't really. How to act And when I'm in it go You know I'm acting bad Hollin' get the bus with my Colorado swag My Colorado swag My Colorado swag I think they like I think they like my Colorado swag My Colorado swag My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Might not swear I think they like my Colorado swag My Colorado swag yeah. It's pushing 180 Speed and pad see you later, Baby, baby like the navy yeah. and boat is where we station, patiently awaiting. Oh. when i hit the field it's so hard to behave yeah. i'm colorado swagging at the crowd do the wave look <laughs> into my eyes i can tell that you afraid uh-huh. cause you know we finna Get hit ya hit ya hit, ya. hit ya. Hey. Hey. you on your own now why you watching the official yeah. you just better hope you make it to the next whistle <laughs> and we ain't playing with you you can At the I team, they like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't... Why